Welcome to another season of Reckoning. I'm Ingrid, and I'm here to ask questions, discuss, and dig into conversations about death, dying, grief, and loss, however that shows up. My hope is that by having open and honest conversations about these often taboo or overwhelming topics, that we can be part of a cultural shift towards relating to them with more awareness, wonder, humility, togetherness, and perhaps even appreciation. Death is a part of life, and I think that by ignoring or hiding from it, we make it harder and lonelier and scarier to walk through our experiences with it. So thanks for being brave and vulnerable with me as we explore and learn and grow together in this process. I'm really glad you're here. Let's do some reckoning. This episode, I interview Andy, a sweet friend who explores with me some of the more philosophical, potential, and theoretical elements to death and loss. We dig into some what-ifs, which I find to be a really important area of exploration, talking about death before it happens. And it's just a playful little romp into some fun conversational territory. Glad you're here for it with us. So we are doing a new thing (laughs) on this episode of the podcast, which is that I'm recording the same conversation again. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm here with Andy. And I messed up, Andy. <laughs> I somehow did something wrong with the recording, and it wasn't workable, usable. Something went wrong. And so Andy has so very graciously and kindly offered to re-record, which I just have to say as a perfectionist, <laughs> recovering perfectionist, it's like pain- it is painful for me to admit that, like... I ruined an hour's worth of conversation with somebody. Well, it was just the dress rehearsal. Yes. Now it's going to be a perfect conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectionism. I'll be much me. more articulate. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but thank you for. Yeah, of course. Being gracious about that and yeah. being willing to try again. And right. We'll have another conversation. New insights. New insights. We're gonna yeah. I mean, there is something to that, like revisiting something. You kind of uh-huh. get to stew on it and then be like, actually, what I really wanted to say was this. Right. So yeah, may we be the most eloquent of, <laughs> of all time. We will. Yeah, we will. I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so you and I, last time, we started to talk about, a, like there were a couple of themes that came up in conversation. Mm-hmm. The one that I guess... I'd like to start with, which I think um, was really interesting, was you were talking about kind of your fear of possible death. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so I don't know if that sparks enough of a memory of some of your thoughts about that or if you want some more prompting, but yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a really interesting place for conversation. Yeah, I think I was saying how I haven't had anybody like super close to me die 
like my I've one remaining grandparent and you know my, like my uncle passed away a few years ago um, but not like a partner or a best friend or a parent or a sibling like one one of the big ones right right um but it's like just waiting mm-hmm. that date is waiting for me or mm-hmm. all those dates you know unless yeah. I go first right 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 and I just I know it must be grueling I mean I've mm-hmm. seen people go through uh the loss of someone that close and I it, it's a little haunting that it's just mm-hmm. kind of yeah. one random day any time in the future it, it could be coming yeah 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 I remember you bringing this up and I feel like it's such a rich place for inquiry right because mm-hmm. yeah I think haunting is such an interesting word we usually apply that as like a ghost or something that like right. somebody's already died but yeah just this feeling of the people that we love in our lives could disappear suddenly Mm -hmm. or, you know, over a long process. But either way, like, yeah, the way you said that, like, that date is out there. Right. And what do we do with that? (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's not, like, scary. Mm -hmm. I guess, like, late at night, like, you wake up at 2 a.m. And Mm -hmm. sometimes those things go through my head. But it's more just, like, kind of this ambient knowledge Mm -hmm. um i think i'd like to use it to be more prepared for it coming Mm -hmm. but uh it seems like you do that and you kind of freak people out right (laughs) yeah (laughs) like my parents i could imagine like if i acknowledged like well could be any time it would mean i don't know it freaked them out yeah, have you ever had conversations with them or other people in your life about that? Well, my parents, my mom especially, I think in her line of work, she deals with death a lot. She works, She's mm-hmm. a administrative assistant at her church. Oh, okay. And so she's often the one organizing like funerals oh, or yeah. like if somebody is going through chemo, right. like um, right, meal shares and things. Totally. So I feel like she'll just bring up that they made a will or they mm. changed something or mm. they, and it doesn't even, I don't even know what the change is. But sure. She's, I don't know, she's making plans right. for that. They cut you out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I made a change, just I made so you a know. change. <laughs> no, but yeah, so it sounds like that's something that she interacts with. At least yeah. Like yeah. But I feel like to say we need to, we need to get a lot closer because you you only have so much time. Right. I don't know. It's a little blunt. Yeah. It's like tacky almost. Right, right, right. You know you're going to die soon, Mom. You know you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Um, but it's interesting, right? Because it's on her mind to some degree if she's, like, making changes to her will or seeing this mm-hmm. at work. And then it's on your mind because, yeah. you know, it's something that you're thinking about. And so, yeah, I think that's such a great question of like how do we talk about these things mm-hmm. with that without them feeling tacky like with them just feeling like we don't need to burst into tears we don't need to like go right. into like you know histrionics or whatever that word is <laughs> <laughs> but just be like let's talk about this like how do we prepare for it and right yeah. what do we want to do before then right 
See, I love that frame too. I think that's really beautiful. Like not just talking about like, I know I'm going to have all this grief or like, I know that this is going to be really hard, but like mm -hmm. if we know it's only a certain amount of time and even if we don't know what that time is, like how do we want to, you know, make that precious or use it up or yeah. spend it? Yeah. And I think there's something really important about that because, you know, especially when someone gets some kind of a diagnosis, I feel like those questions come up, but even before they, that, that, that part happens, I think there's mm -hmm. something really beautiful about being able to say like, for all of us, time is limited and precious. Right. How do we want to fill that? Mm -hmm. And so this is, I think one of those beautiful things of like death is this weird, scary topic. And then out of it comes this like really important question of like right. our values. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like there's, I mean, it's a deadline. Right. Yeah. It's a dead. Deadline. Line. <laughs> you don't get any more time. Right. I don't think right. about it as much with my own death, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't really know why. Mm-hmm. I guess that doesn't seem like it's going to happen <laughs> in the same way. <laughs> right. You are the immortal one. <laughs> right. No, but we all, I think we all kind of have that yeah. <laughs> perspective. Like, well, it's not happening to me, but it will right. probably happen to my neighbors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My um, um, <laughs> friends in high school had this, like, morbid running joke <laughs> about, <laughs> like, you would, we went to a huge high school. It was, like, over 3,500 3, kids. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, a big enough world that, like, you'd kind of hear about like, oh, like this teacher passed away or mm. this person's like brother died or mm. even a student, like about once a year, there'd just be a student that died or, yeah. and uh, we would like <laughs> talk about like who, what, what person in our oh. class like would die before right who's gonna be the first to go and we picked I won't, I won't say a name okay but it was just like this kind of like sweet bland quiet girl yeah <laughs> that like we could like picture like the sadness and shock mm. but not I don't it wouldn't be know. too close it wouldn't be <laughs> right. too personal it's yeah. really like kind of sick that we had that I mean but we were like I don't know. I guess we were sort of bracing for yes what that could feel like. I think yeah, you kind of made that point earlier. I think mm -hmm. that's I think that's a part of this fascination, right? It's like, well, I'm going to start imagining how it could go, so that when it happens, yeah, I'm not as like shocked or mm -hmm. you know unprepared or whatever it is. Yeah, I think that's an interesting psychological element to this, right? Is mm -hmm. Yeah, sort of this preparation, like bracing, as you say. Yeah. But so I think I think last time you were saying that we had this conversation, you were saying <laughs> that um, you were thinking about that with your partner, Tim. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's just like, what would I do? Right. If he died. Yeah. There's all the like sort of logistical questions. Mm -hmm. But then it's just like, it's funny because he's been gone 10 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, on vacation but um it's not <laughs> we're like texting and talking every day sure but i don't like it i don't know it does feel like a there's a big 
piece of my life missing, like mm-hmm. some kind of like functional, mm-hmm. like an organ. Right, 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 right. It's like a temporary mini death. Uh-huh. I mean, I say that with like facetiousness and right. also one of my favorite sort of Buddhist thoughts is this idea that like, you know how people talk about like life and death as mm-hmm. opposites, but the reality is that they're completely interwoven. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, you know, as soon as I take an in-breath, that means the out-breath has died. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I exhale, no more in-breath, you know, right. and like as soon as it's nighttime, the daytime has died. Right. And as soon as the sun comes up, then the nighttime is, you know, like, and obviously I'm using death in a really, like, literal mm-hmm. context. But, you know, like, where's our six-year-old self? Like, they're long gone. It's, yeah, gone. And so we're, like, constantly in those cycles of, like, where did winter go? Where did... I know. Where did college go? Where did... College is one that really freaks me out. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I guess I don't. It's like I don't think about my own impending death, but I do sometimes, like, it's like I just want to, like, put on the brakes. Like, I'll think, college freaks me out because it's like, it was the last sort of stop, Mm. like, planned. Yes. And it was, like, four years, which now, like, I've spent, like, 12 in Portland. Right. Right. And it's just, like, this little blip in my life. Right. It wasn't really that great of a time (laughs) like compared to how my 30s have been right 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 yeah uh but I guess sometimes it feels like well I'll go back at some point right yeah I mean that's yeah I have a similar thought about multiple chapters of my Mm. life like oh but certainly I could just walk back into that when I need to somehow but it's not there anymore no like, even if you were to go back to your university... Yeah. And be like, I'm going to re-enroll. <laughs> no. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be there. It would be something... It would be a totally different experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, so it's like, you know, with your partner, it's like... Mm-hmm. You have these 10 days with without him around, and... It's like a glimpse into what mm-hmm. life would be like, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. But it'd be so sad. Yeah, totally. I don't know how people do that. The woman mm. uh, who teaches across the hall from me, her husband just died. Mm. And uh, I really respect her a lot. I, I'm not, like, close with her. I think mm-hmm. she's a little stern. Okay. <laughs> really love her, though. I love <laughs> But she... Teacher drama. <laughs> yeah. Teacher gossip. But she... I don't know. I saw her, like, weeping in the Mm. staff room and I was like close enough to to her explaining that I think she felt obligated to tell what was happening and um I don't know it's just I couldn't even right I don't how do you go on yeah and she's not working but Mm. I don't know I guess I have this image of her like just sitting there bereft like alone yeah because you'd have to be alone so much, I would think. Right, after having woven a life together with someone, mm-hmm. they suddenly wouldn't be there anymore. Like, you could have your your friends comfort you sometimes, but mm-hmm. they have to go home eventually. Right, right, right. I just, I really appreciate the nature of this 
conversation, this inquiry, right? Because mm-hmm. it feels, I think there's a lot of people out there that haven't experienced a major loss mm-hmm. yet. And I think it's normalizing to be like, yeah, that's, that's okay. And also what, yeah, the curiosity I think behind mm-hmm what that could look like and noticing in others and, and being able to be like, I don't know what that's like, but I see you, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, wow, that looks hard and lonely and, yeah. you know, to be able to offer whatever right support or a kind word or mm-hmm. even just, I feel like honestly, even just that witnessing or that attention to someone right can be such a huge gift. Yeah. So just the fact that you're kind of witnessing and seeing that death is a possibility in the world, I think is, yeah, mm-hmm. really kind of amazing testament to being willing to see this Mm -hmm. thing that so often there's this like pushing away or like turning a blind eye or like no that denial right so yeah something important about that So, like, you know, from this theoretical, mm-hmm. like, death could happen to people that we love um, into, I know that you were talking about, I believe, your grandparents um, and how, again, sort of this, like, these, like, temporary or, like, not quite permanent death losses that happen when someone gets like dementia or Alzheimer's or they move into a nursing home and suddenly they're not their former selves. Right. And yeah. Um, I think that's another element that like yeah. feels important to witness and to name. Yeah. There's my, my grandfather's wife is, uh, has Alzheimer's mm. and they've recently said, I've, I feel like I talked about this last time. They separated yeah. them, so he's living. In, yeah. Oh, and that's she's right. She's in the like yeah. memory care. Ugh. Yeah. And she can't understand mm-hmm. why, and he, he can, but is like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's my wife in there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't. I mean, I would. Ta- I didn't really have a relationship with her where I would like call and chat with her mm-hmm. it was mostly I'd see her when I visited and um so which I still do mm-hmm. but now that they don't live together it's like um it does feel like she's sort of just like hidden away like she's gone she's all but gone right right, right. like right yeah, yeah. um it seems like that happens a lot with mm-hmm. older people mm-hmm. where it's like they're not in the daily uh, lives of the people around them. And right. so it's it's like they're in storage yep. for a little while. Yeah, totally. I mean, I hear people talk about it as like, yeah, God's waiting room <laughs> is like a nursing home. right? <laughs> These people yeah. just waiting for their number to get called. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, my mom was just saying yesterday when I talked to her that uh, my grandfather, like, 
the guy next door to him was like he knew him as a kid or something and it was like nice that they were there and but he just he he died mm. this man and he my grandfather like wasn't that upset about it mm. like he was just kind of like yeah he was around and then he and he wasn't anymore i i think he's it's just you must get so used to it yeah there. yeah yeah i mean he's like close to death in a lot of different ways like if it's just his neighbors that are yeah 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 interesting and i i you know i feel like there's something to that sort of like almost the wisdom of the elders in that where mm-hmm. it's like it's no big deal yeah they're it's, not it's worried gonna about happen. it yeah i guess anxiety is not high among old people in general maybe i think i think you're right about that i think in lots of research and interviews the yeah. older people get, the more they're like, I don't remember that grudge from <laughs> 75 years ago. No. <laughs> I'm not worried about this thing happening because I've read the news 17,000 times in my lifetime right. and it, nothing ever happens the way we think it's going to, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, so they have that. They have the long view that the rest of us don't have yet until we get there. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Should <laughs> totally. prescribe that. Yes. Put yeah. in a bottle. Yes, exactly. The long view. Another fantasy I have that maybe isn't reality is like, I'd like to think even if I was like bedridden for <laughs> 10 years, the end of my life, like if I could like read, watch movies. Yes. I could get on YouTube. Maybe be all right. Be okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think this gets to quality of life, uh-huh. you know, which is something I feel like I talk about a lot at work, but, um, yeah, I think there are people that would say, if I can't walk, it's mm-hmm. not worth living. Right. And I think there are people that would say, like, as long as I can paint, paint, yeah. you know, like Frida Kahlo was that classic oh, right. example of someone who had all these health conditions and yet was able to find ways to kind of adapt to laying mm-hmm. in bed, to still paint or whatnot. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's a really interesting question. Like, part of me is a little bit worried as we're talking about this. I'm like, am I being ageist? Am I like, right. man, it would suck to be 97, but, like, maybe there's a bunch of 97-year-olds out there or people living in nursing homes that are like, my life is perfectly fine, thank you very much. Like, yeah. I don't mind it. Yeah. I get to, you know, chat with my grandkids on Snapchat or... I would think I if you are able to, and willing to use technology... My grandfather is not, and I think it, it's sad. Mm. Limits what he yeah. he'll just like. I mean, we his, my mom even got him like a tablet that's mm-hmm. like made for old people. I've seen those. Yeah, like there's no way to mess it up. There's he, just like five buttons on it. He just refuses. Yeah, and he could like text us all the time, but mm-hmm. he just doesn't want to. But yeah, I would think if you were able to communicate that way. And, like, use it for mm-hmm. whatever, learning more. Right. Um, that'd be okay. Yeah. I mean, there'd be something about living in one of those places that would just feel like living in a dorm. Yeah, I think, I think ideally a nursing home could feel like a dorm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, all right, we got our peers around us. We got some games yeah. if you want, or just you could just hang yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean... If the food was okay and the activities were less cheesy, mm-hmm. 
and the atmosphere felt pretty cozy and homey, I think. Yeah. Sure. I'm for it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. move, let's move okay. right now. I mean, there's going to be a lot of need for <laughs> updates to yeah. places like that. So maybe we got to just go design them. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll get Hipster on it. nursing homes. <laughs> Make for, it cute. For yeah, for millennials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instagram inspired nursing home. That will definitely design. be a thing. I'm sure it will be by the time we get there. Like I won't stay in it otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> this place the wallpaper here sucks. <laughs> they do always have really bad wallpaper. It's true. Yeah, I mean I think <clears throat> I think part of what you're touching on too around these like places that people live as they're getting closer to the end of their lives is this like loss of independence, like loss of control. It's like you don't really get to choose your wallpaper. You just have to deal with whatever's there. And then, you know, this piece around like loneliness, Mm -hmm. you know, like if we have ways to be like, okay, I'm still connected. I still belong. You know, that feels okay. But if it's like, if I'm just in a room here and just strangers come in and out and like take yeah. care of my body. Right. That feels kind of scary almost or just depressing. Right. And it's like a different sort of loneliness from like people who are like in their forties who mm-hmm. are lonely mm-hmm. where it's like, maybe you just need to go join a book club. Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. Where there's more agency to. Yeah. 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 So I think. I think there are a lot of, like, small griefs, mm-hmm. smaller griefs. Again, like, kind of this concept of, like, baby losses or, like, intermediate losses. You know, it's like right. death being maybe the most ultimate mm-hmm. final loss. But I think also this, like, the moment that you stop driving, the mm-hmm. moment that you can't actually read even the large print book at the library anymore... The minute that your grandkids move away and they stop visiting you, mm-hmm. the moment that your spouse forgets your name, you know, there's just like a million little cuts yeah. along the way that. I know it yeah. seems so sad, but it it's like just like death. It's like all of those things are just part of it. Right. Another thing to prepare for, mm-hmm. I guess. Right. I mean, I think very much the flip side of that. And again, this is one of my favorite sort of concepts is um, it like knowing that the end of something is coming makes it all the more like sweet and juicy for it to be present now. Mm -hmm. You know, so like, you know, it's an invitation to be like, wow, every time I get in the car, like this is amazing. I can just hop in a car and go wherever I want, whenever I want to. I've been having that thought like intentionally if I get stuck Mm -hmm. in traffic. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I have this little contraption and I can just totally take it wherever. Wherever I want. Yeah. 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 And like our mental capacity, you know, to be like, I can, I can like pick any subject and learn about it right now mm-hmm. or like learn a new skill or, you know, I think, I think that sounds kind of cheesy self-helpy, but I think it's easy to forget that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like that classic, like. Don't it always seem to go? Right. You don't... What is it? Don't... You don't know what you got till it's gone. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And there's all kinds of songs about stuff like that, I feel like. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess it's like what we're talking about, like, with college or with... Right. 
don't know. It's just right. things are, <laughs> it'll last forever. Impermanence. Yeah. Right. And so then I think it like circles back to like, all right, what do we do with that? Yes. Like, I think, I think for many people talking about stuff like this can feel depressing or mm-hmm. scary or being like, God, that's morbid or like, I don't, that's, I don't want to talk about that. I'm afraid talking about it will make it happen right? or happen sooner. But I, I don't know. I really think the opposite. I think that talking about it is like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I better, it's a reminder to appreciate what I have while I have it. Yeah. Um, or to, to remember that like, oh, because it's not permanent, mm-hmm. I have to make some choices about what's important or what I prioritize or. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about that recently with um, my, like, art, with my creative practice. Yeah. Which is not as consistent as Mm. I would like. And, Mm. you know, like, set all these intentions. And then it's just, like, life happens. Mm -hmm. And and it's fine. Like, nobody's counting on me to (laughs) produce art (laughs) to support them or anything. You know, I'm not letting anyone down. But I would think, like, if I got to 50 and I had spent 25 years letting it just be an intention and kind of not really ever getting around, it would be, it would feel like something had died. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well said. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's accurate. I think a part of you will have died if you didn't ever feed or give rise to or give space for something that uh-huh. sounds important to you and who you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want that. No. Right. It's like I almost feel a little bit of a grief just imagining that. Right. Like for you. Like, oh, it's like, yeah, that sounds, we don't want to lose that. And then, yeah, so then there's like, okay. I've got to do it. How do I do it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, especially something like a creative process where there's, it's hard to carve out space and time and energy sometimes for things and the hustle and bustle of like. It's so hard. You know, the tasks and the banking and the grocery store and da da da. Mm -hmm. But I had a good conversation with a friend who, um, I think his friend would always say, poetry first and then the oil change. Oh, you know, just this concept that like mm-hmm. we're we're always gonna have to do oil changes, right? We're always gonna have these tasks that we have to do, but if you wait until all those are done, then you'll never make time for the poetry or the creative process of the art or right. the, the you know the I'm camping so bad trip at, that. at oil changes or, <laughs> or like prioritizing. The <laughs> my priorities are always like. Making art is, like, the number one thing I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, I, I do need to sweep the floors. Right, that's, right, right, right. That sounds really fun right now. Right, right. I'll do it after I do this. Yeah. It's like that concept of resistance. Mm-hmm. Tell, me, tell me more about that. Uh, there's that book, The War of Art. Mm. It's like a self-help-ish book about um, being having a consistent creative practice Mm. and there's this whole idea about resistance Mm. and resistance is the feeling of like oh i need to change my oil before i Mm. work on my novel or whatever Mm -hmm. um and it could be like it doesn't have to be creative like it could be you could tie it to like 
fitness or right, whatever. Right, your yoga practice. Yeah. Or, right. Um, but it is so real. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make any sense because you can, like, visualize how accomplished you'll feel if you just mm-hmm. do the thing. Mm-hmm. But then it's, like, so easy to just not. Right, to not do the thing. Right, right. What are the things that help you overcome that resistance? Um, I get thinking about the regret I would live with does not help. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, so it's like the negative, the the threat of a negative doesn't help. No. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. I guess thinking sometimes thinking about the regret I currently have. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. If I think like, oh, think about how much art I could have made last year mm. and didn't. I guess that kind of helps propel it. Mm. Yeah, this is interesting. I think thinking about this and the parallel of our conversation around death. Yeah. Like, I think if we all truly sat with and spent a lot of time thinking about like, this potential threat, this looming threat that, like, mm-hmm. my partner could die, I could die, my grandparent could die, like, right. instead of that kind of kicking us into action, like, okay, well, I want to make the most of it, or I want to make the most of our time while we still have it, because it could be another 40 years, but it could only be, you know, four more months or whatever, mm-hmm. but that doesn't seem to work, or else we'd all would just be doing that. Right. So, yeah, that... That is funny. Yeah. We don't, we don't think about that. Right, yeah. right. I, I, I don't know why. Right. Maybe you, like, kind of can't consciously keep that in your right. mind. It would drive you nuts. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, yeah, I, I think it, I mean, I mean, it sure works to some degree, because we're talking about it and how, the, you know, we're thinking about it a little bit. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting question. It's like, how do we overcome that sort of, like, the inertia? Yeah. Things yeah. just continuing to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess writing letters, mm-hmm. maybe. About how you feel. That's one of those fantasies I think about. Like, I guess... Not so much if another person died, but if if I died. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like such a movie trope. Like, yeah. they find the letter. Totally. But it would be sweet to have that. Right. I haven't, I, I don't know. But I've never done that. Written a letter. Like, if you, if you find this, <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> right, maybe, yeah, maybe you write that. If you find this, I'm dead, knowing that you probably won't <laughs> die. But just in case, like, just in case. You, I mean, I think the other way to write, say that would be, like, to write a will or something, right? Yeah. Like, right. if you find this, I'm dead, and this is what is important this is to what me. I want. Yeah. Do you have a will? I have a memorandum of wishes, oh. which is, like, a non-legal. It's not, like... It's yeah. not like my estate shall go to because I don't have an estate. <laughs> right. But it's more like, it's just sort of this like verbalizing of things that I would kind of want that 
yeah I would hope people would follow but if they don't it's like I don't have any control over it but you know just little things like I would want my books to go to so-and-so oh that's sweet I would want my nephew to be able to have this you know right things like that and it's actually and it's something I want to revisit because the last time I wrote it was like I think six or seven years ago Mm -hmm. which so much has changed in my life in six or seven years like it's wild to think about like oh hold on a minute I have some some different things that I want to address or think about now yeah it's just kind of interesting thing to think about the ways that we right it seems like you'd you'd pick something and it would be like final right but then like you are life goes on and you're a different person right like right exactly actually I want Cannon Beach is where I (laughs) (laughs) yeah right because now I've built six more years of memories at Cannon Beach and suddenly it's like or wherever it is but yeah yeah so I think that's kind of an interesting habit or process of like every five years or whatever revisit my will slash memorandum of wishes and be like right this feels like a process that would be really useful if we had some kind of like consistent ritual yes like oh my in gosh our, yeah. in our culture yeah because you almost would need the like festivity and right the pomp right of, right of of it right rather than like like i'm sure like my mom updating her will it was such a mundane thing probably totally. like calling like emailing some guy yeah totally <laughs> instead of like I don't know. It seems like yeah. you would want to do it as, like, part of some... Right. Like, it's my... It's New Year's. Yeah. We're all going to sit down, and we're going to talk about what feels still important or relevant to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we're going to shed some of the old things we're letting go of, and we're going to bring in the new... And right. Yeah. Maybe we should propose that. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. There's Update more... your advanced directives and your will. <laughs> I could see that being like yes. a, um, some kind of public awareness yes. thing. Yes. Like they'd make it cute. Right. It's a fresh new year. <laughs> Stop and think about death for just a second. Just a second. Yeah. Then have some champagne. <laughs> but it could also, I could see like an entire holiday where like you have intentional check-ins with like your loved ones. I actually, I really like that idea. Mm-hmm. Everybody, it's March 15th. It's death day. Right. (laughs) It's death day. Here's a free workshop on how to fill out your will. Yeah. Call your grandma. Tell her that you love her because she might not be around much longer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's what, that would be so nice. Yeah. I mean, this is partially why there's so much wrong, I think, with religion and, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think there's so much right about it too, right? This like. The ritual. The ritual, yeah. And the, like, collective ritual. It's not just, like, <clears throat> I'm going to set a date to remind myself to do these things. It's, like, we're all doing it because yeah. it's important, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think what you're tapping into is something that, like, all cultures... Right. I mean, I, it's, I, I hesitate ever to be, like, apply a universal statement but I feel like all cultures have found ways to like ritualize things that feel important and yeah there's something really powerful about that and I think that's something that feels very lacking in a lot of Mm -hmm. white western cultures we need ritual I think to because you wouldn't just come out and 
say randomly, like, Mom, you know, you're going to die one day. Right. Like, we should address that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, it's the same with funerals. And right. I, I don't know, every time I go to a funeral, I just, like, weep and weep. And it yeah. is just, like, it's like the trappings that, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, all the, and the, the formula for mm-hmm. a funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, my uncle's was, he was a detective mm. and he was in the army. So there was like a bunch of, there was like a bat, the bagpipe playing mm. Amazing Grace and like the, the gun salute thing. Mm-hmm. And like they folded the flag and, mm-hmm. um, it was very powerful mm-hmm. just cause it was so, you knew what to expect it was very symbolic, everything. Right. My aunt sitting there in all black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, like, checked all the boxes. Yeah. But to just kind of be a part of that that uh, image. Yeah. It's like you don't have to think about about it. It's like, right. yeah, this is, this is what we do when yeah. someone dies. Yeah. I think, I think you brought that up last time mm-hmm. that we had this conversation and I think I think it's a powerful and beautiful example of how ritual can be such an important practice of creating a container creating a space mm-hmm. it's like okay when when this happens we do this and then our bodies are kind of like okay because we're doing this I can feel this or I can open like it just allows this opening or this right yeah it's like a perfectly socially acceptable place for everybody to like let all their tears out mm-hmm. <laughs> and or to feel solemn or to feel yeah like quiet and reflective and yeah yeah I love that yeah yeah I love that too yeah I wish we had more ritual Me too. practices I mean yeah. it's like you can make your own but then right you can't convince everyone. <laughs> Everyone else too. Yeah, right. It would feel very different knowing that like everybody else was doing that at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe on the like grander scheme of the conversation around remembering death and remembering, you know, the impermanent nature of things and that time is short. It's like, yeah. How do we build in those practices to like? A, think about and take care of some of the practical elements, but also just those reminders that, mm-hmm. like, maybe maybe Tim leaving for 10 days is, like, this tiny reminder that, like, oh, yeah, like, right. when he's back, I'm, you know, it'll feel really nice to have him around again, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, or, like, yeah, yeah, when I have some time off, I'll go visit family and mm-hmm. yeah. be grateful that I get to, you know, I get to do that, do that, whatever. Those little things. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I just so appreciate it. It's such a rich area for exploration. And I think, Mm -hmm. honestly, it's been really nice to have a recording of this conversation for this podcast that isn't just around, like, one particular Uh 
way of experiencing grief, but really, yeah, kind of this like weaving in of the anticipation of grief and how does that function in our everyday lives when we haven't lost a particular person and knowing that that's coming for all of us, you know, and like other people have all these stories and those are, each of those becomes their own reminder of, right, you know, yeah, all of that and yeah, again, that just like awareness and that witnessing, I think feels so important. Mm -hmm. I guess it's what makes our lives so much richer. That kind of knowing in the back of your head. Yeah. That it, it, the curtain will close. Right. And if it didn't, it would be meaningless. Yeah, it would. Like in that analogy, like if the play never ended at some point, we would be like, (laughs) I need to go do something else. Right. <laughs> like, I just can't be here forever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like why are, why, why are, are we doing this? Yeah. 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 I mean, I've heard people make that sort of point that like, if, if we all lived infinite lives at some point, it'd be like, okay, well I can do everything. I can be a painter. I could be a teacher. I can be a skydiver. I can live in Italy. I can live in Africa. I can mm-hmm. live in, you know, like I can live in Ethiopia for 10 years as a poet and then I can (laughs) live in New York as a dancer. Like you could literally do everything and then at some point you'd be like, I've done everything. Yeah. Now what? I know. Or you would just be like, well, I'll just do it tomorrow because you have infinite tomorrows. (laughs) That's what I feel like would be more common. Yeah. You probably have some, like, very motivated people Mm -hmm. doing everything. But 90% (laughs) of people would be like, well, I don't know. I don't really need to. That sounds awful. Or like, well, I need to mow the lawn. (laughs) I'll do it. I'll do it 10 years from now. Yeah. After my oil change. Right. Yeah, that's fascinating to think about. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. If we didn't have a deadline if we didn't have yeah yeah would we ever get it done i don't know yeah i mean even like on a three-day weekend it's like (laughs) (laughs) it feels like i have infinite time right right and then you get to monday night right well it's it's work again (laughs) that's it yes exactly (laughs) um yeah so yeah beautiful concept and like you know, you're talking about, like, your creative process, too. I often think about how in, like, visual art, people talk about, like, negative space and positive space, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, that thing wouldn't be as visible if there was, if there wasn't nothing around it, you know? Right. Like, I think there's something really important about how death kind of brings that into focus for us, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. We kind of have to have loss in order to remember that what's there. Yeah, what's important. Yeah. Well, thank you for I for doing this again. Of course. <laughs> I'm happy to. Yeah, I'm glad we got a chance to record again. And yeah. it feels like a really great conversation. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, awesome. Ingrid. Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckoning. I just want to say a couple more things. First... I want to put in a quick plug for ways you can support this project if you find it valuable. I have a Patreon site and ways to donate directly. For more information, check out my website, www.reckoningpodcast.com support. I also just want to wrap up by saying, 
I am not an expert. I'm not here to tell people how to grieve or heal or what death is or isn't. My main goal with this project is simply to create space for us to share our stories and thoughts and feelings about death and dying. And from that collective experience, enable all of us to feel less alone in facing the challenges of grief and loss. Thank you for listening and for being brave and vulnerable and for your time. If you have any questions or comments, please get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you and perhaps share your story too. Thank you.